Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. Today, we are talking how to speak. That's right. It took a little-known fact that there are so many people affected by autism, and some are on the Asperger's Syndrome disorder side of the spectrum. Well, I have a guest today, Stuart Parrish, who's going to talk about that very thing. It took a novel from 2017, Wheels of Thunder, inspired a true account of life with a living difficulty, along with a help guide for day-to-day learning with people that have learning disabilities and how they can deal with them. Stuart was born and brought up in Great Britain in 1993. At the age of 11, he made the discovery that his family, um, I'm sorry, he made a discovery with his family that he had been diagnosed with a lifelong learning disability known as Asperger's Syndrome or ASD, which is a mild form of autism. This, however, has not deterred him from taking on the challenges that he faces from day to day, including finding and keeping friendships and relationships. Well, we are going to talk to him live today on the line. If you would like to know more about Stuart, you can find him at Stuart. StuartParish.com. That's StuartParish.com. Our music is brought to you today by Derek Homer, and the title of his song is Reborn. You can find him at CD Baby and where most music is sold. So without any further ado, let's go on and bring Stuart on the line. Good morning, Stuart. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Dr. Angela. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Now, I know that you are calling us from Great Britain, and we, we don't have a lot of time for this show. Um, we only we only have about 15 minutes with you. To, I'm sorry, about 10 minutes with you today. Um, but I want to ask you about your book, Wheels of Thunder, Inspired by a True Account of Life with a Learning Difficulty. Um, what inspired you or prompted you to finally um, write a book about this particular perspective of life? Uh, well, my book uh, really is, it was sort of a friend of mine who came up with the idea. And uh, I was sort of sitting on a hillside in the country called Wales, uh, which is part of the, the UK. And it was just really, really beautiful. And I was looking down at the, this mountain range and everything was really peaceful. And all of a sudden, I just got this thought into my head of saying, what if I could help other people? What if I could actually help other people who were like me and autistic and things like that? But how could I do it? Because I didn't really want to write my book as an autobiography because there were so many people already that had already done that. 
So I thought, why mm-hmm. not make a story instead and write it that way, which is exactly what I did. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the inspiration really was just general general sort of life experience and and people really wanting to wanting to find out what it was actually like to actually live with a learning difficulty and survive from day to day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your experience um, when you first found out that you were autistic? What ran through your mind? Well, my first my first experiences really were that of of shock. Really, well, it had it had more of a shock on my parents than it did on me because going through my mm-hmm. prime, uh, sort of like my younger years and things like that, going through like first grade, second grade, things like that, it, it was mm-hmm. it was. Um, you know, it, it was. I, I knew that something was not right. I don't want to say right. wrong, that's mm-hmm. the wrong word. But mm-hmm. I, I knew mm-hmm. that something mm-hmm. wasn't really right. And mm-hmm. yeah, so so in a sense, when I was sort of told at eleven that I was autistic, it sort of made sense because I could I could literally take a pin, put it in a board, and say, "Yep, that's what I am. That's that's what mm-hmm. I am." I, I finally had I finally had a name for it. And there's nothing ro- there's nothing more irritating when you're trying to find a name for something than if you are if yes. you, you know you're, you're mm-hmm. trying to but yeah no no it, yeah it's it's definitely uh it was it was definitely relieving i should say i mean the relief was short-lived mm-hmm. but you know it was it was relief nonetheless Mhm, and I can imagine that it was a little bit of a relief to know, okay, so this is what it's called this is is what I'm dealing with. Oh, thank God, you know it has it finally has a name to it i can I can imagine, and I like how you say it there's it's it's not wrong, it's just something it's different so i I really like that perspective now, um, what was it like for you? What was it like for you um, in school? Um, now that you know what's going on, um, did it did it change any how the students interacted with you, or were they pretty much the same? Oh, it was completely different. When I when I went through the transitioning phase of going from well, in the UK we call it primary school to secondary school. When I went through that stage, um, when I first entered secondary school, which is when I was first told about it. Um, the, the reaction from everyone else was not really what I was expecting. But the biggest, the biggest problem for me was that I was bullied really, really, really bad, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't. I, I sort of spent most of my high school education, for one of a word, buried behind a desk rather than actually learning anything. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, no, it, it was. It wasn't an easy part of my life. But then again. In a sense, it sort of toughened me up effectively for life on the outside mm-hmm. world because people kept telling me, "Well, if it's bad in here, then it's going to be worse when you actually go out and finally find your work and employment right. and things like that." So, in a sense, mm-hmm. it wasn't the best years of my life, but then again, it did it did teach me some life skills. So, I'm I'm still grateful in a little way that I did go. Of course. I love that attitude. Love that attitude. Well, listeners, we need to take a very short break. You are about to hear music by Derek Homer, and the title of the song is Reborn. You can find it on CD Baby and where music is sold. We'll be back right after this. In the image of my Savior, I declare there is no
And that was Reborn by Derek Homer. You can find it on CD Baby and where music is. So thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I am your host, Dr. Angela Chester. Well, you know, I want to make sure at this particular moment that I give a quick shout-out to everyone who continues to support us, um, not only to my domestic listeners here in the United States, but to my top international audiences. This week we are looking at Canada, Hong Kong, the United Kingdom, and Ireland. Thank you so much for your support, and we appreciate you tuning in on the various platforms. Now, Stuart, when you um, transitioned into an adult, uh, we can understand that kids can, of course, bully and be kind of mean and, and do the things that, that, that mean kids do. But now that you are an adult, are there any things in particular that people need to understand um, dealing with adults that either are diagnosed with Asperger's or with autism? Uh, well, general general rule of thumb is, that just because you're over the age of 18 doesn't mean that your autism is going to disappear because the amount of people that I know that have made that mistake is quite high. Um, it, yeah, the, the same the same problems are still there, but they're not they're not as prominent. Let's say. I mean, in, in terms of mm-hmm. levels of degree of autism and things like that, there are so different many. But then again, you could get some autistic adults that are so autistic you'd notice straight away. Or on the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum, on on my end of the spectrum, it could be almost non-existent. In, mm-hmm. in some cases, mm-hmm. it's the non It's almost the non-existent end that you you sort of need to worry about a little bit because they, you know, the thing is they still do feel stressed, they still do feel anxious and things like that. But they will essentially bottle it up and not let it out because they don't want mm-hmm. other people to be affected by it. Um, but no, no, the um, the purpose of thinking things like that and, and doing different ways of thinking is, yeah, in a sense, going into, going into adulthood is, is no different than being at school. You're still facing the same problems. You're still facing the, the same stigma. You still struggle with all of the things that you did in your childhood. So, but you, you just... Mm-hmm. In some cases, you are better with dealing with it because you develop what's called coping strategies in order to mm-hmm. in order to fight it and and, and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some um, let's say tips? Usually, it's employer that's given employee tips. But as an employee, what tips or bits of advice would you give to someone who wants to employ someone who has either autism or Asperger's? Well, my first tip would be um, don't judge. That's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Just because someone comes into just because someone comes into your organisation that may be slow at first or things like that, don't think that over time they're going to get quicker because they won't. Once they have a fixed speed, mm-hmm. that's it. You won't get them going any faster than that. But at the same time, they probably won't go any slower. Um, also, as mm-hmm. well, give them give them plenty of space. Don't don't crowd them because one of the things that we do find quite difficult is centrally overload and personal space is very important to us. So if you if you get in too close and that person feels threatened, um, worst case scenario they may may they may lash out. But like mm-hmm. I said, that would that would be the worst that would be the worst end. Um on the on the other end of the scale, 
they might just they might just kindly say to you, "You're in my you're in my way. Please leave me alone." Mm-hmm. At which point you mm-hmm. want to back off, um, and you want to just let them recover, and then they will, they will come back to you. It's best if you don't approach them. Let them come to you, because that's their mm-hmm. way of saying, "I'm ready to talk to you now." Mhm, mhm, and you know that's really good advice for for anyone. So many times we um, bombard people emotionally. We um, we so much want our way or for our opinion to be known or expressed that we um, kind of overshadow other people, and you you don't have a true conversation. You, you're more so have a lecture where one person is just talking and the other person feels as though they're forced to listen and comply. So that's that's really great information regardless of, of, of if you um, are suffering or, or dealing, not suffering, but if you're dealing with it or not because many of us suffer with our mouths, let me tell you. Now, what would you... What would you say, this is our last minute of the show, what would you say um, you want for anyone who reads your book, what would you want them to take away from your book, Stuart? Um, The best, one thing that I'd really like people to take away from it is don't be quick to judge autism because a lot of people in the world tend to see problems. It is a primary human reaction that human beings tend to see negative things. Autism is not fully negative. We're not all Dustin Hoffman Rain Man, as you say. But right. you know, mm-hmm. my, book, my book highlights that it is possible to live with a learning difficulty but do brilliant things. And in a sense, it, mm-hmm. it comes down to my favourite saying that I've had for, for many, many years now. Sometimes it is the very people that no one imagines anything of who do the things that no one can imagine. And that's mm-hmm. my book is mm-hmm. the of that thing. I love it. Well, Stuart Parrish, thank you so much for being on the show today. We've really enjoyed having you on. Well, thank you, and Dr. Andrew. It's my pleasure. You can find him at stuartparish.com. That's stuartparish.com. And as always, may the Lord continue to shine his face upon you. May you receive his grace and his mercy in all that you do. I leave you with music, Reborn by Derek Homer. I am reborn. I am remain. In the image of my Savior, I declare there is no other name. Say